Hello and welcome to For Real This Time, uh, this episode of The Casual. I'm a diehard, so my name is Eric Jensen. I am a person who is addicted to buying video games at this point, but he'll never play. Uh, that is something that, uh, that's been transpiring and uh, several pieces of that all all came together uh, at just the right time to cause a colossal Eric brain freeze. And uh, But we're back now. We're here to talk about the NBA. The regular season is over. We have Ethan, Audrey, Aramis all with us today. Let's just start. Let's get into it. This is going to be kind of a longer episode. We have a lot to get to. Let's just talk about it. Where are we emotionally? I check in with our favorite teams. I'll start with you, Audrey, and I'll say this. Give us, you know, your two sentences on the San Antonio Spurs, because we all know how that went. But also, you know, your second team, the, the good old Phoenix Suns. How are we feeling going into the playoffs? Well, you know, it's it's about what you expected from a Spurs season. Uh, I don't really, I don't know. It, I, I hope Pop doesn't retire, and I hope we get Wembyana, and I hope he gets to coach him. Um, as far as the Suns go, I'm feeling more confident by the week in the Suns. I think uh, I was very nervous when they made the KD trade that it was going to kind of Mavs itself and they weren't going to like fit together very well and it would get like some friction and whatever. But like it seems like it's going well. The players seem to be gelling. KD's looking like he's having a great time out of uh, Kyrie Irving's mental prison. So uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Aramis? Uh, the magic season that has come to an end. How are you feeling? I mean, I can't, to be honest with you, I can't be happier. This is the best I felt about this team since um we were led to the promised land, taking one game away from the Toronto Raptors in 2019. Uh, I can't be happier with the players we got developing. The boy, they coming up together, man. It's the beginning of something special. OKC in Orlando. Let's go, baby. That's all I got to say. And finally, our resident Warriors fan, Ethan Pierce. How we feeling about the Warriors? I I, I did come with you on this ride, by the way. I, I I hope you noticed that, like, over the past probably three weeks of the season, uh, maybe four, I've watched like every Warriors game except for today because I knew it was just going to be a massive blowout. Uh, but what a wild ride this has been, Ethan. I uh, I certainly do not feel like. Even though I do believe, I, I, this is so weird because I feel this way. I truly do. I feel like the Warriors have a really good chance to come out of the Western Conference and go to the NBA Finals. But I also feel like they could totally get like gentlemen sweeped in the first round and lose in five games. Uh, I, I have... I would not be shocked at any outcome for the Golden State Warriors. I mean, I think that's where I'm at with them as well. I, I may be a little more optimistic than you, but I'm also, you know, feeling that way with every team in the Western Conference. Um, part of the reason why I feel so good about Golden State's chances is because the entire conference has just been completely unserious the entire year. And I think they, you know, they dodged the bullet by kind of ducking the Suns a little bit. They get the Kings, which is the matchup I think they should have preferred, and and they got it. Um, so the Kings, you know, minimal travel, they kind of, you know, for a veteran team, that's nice. Um, you know, an, an experienced team against the team with the most experience in the league. So I'm feeling pretty good about our first round matchup. And, uh, I think they have as good of a chance as anybody to come out of the Western conference. So that's where we're at. All right. Utah jazz. I, I'll, I'll just say this. 
I came into the season literally about two weeks before the season started. I told myself, okay, well, this is going to be easy. I'm just not going to watch the Utah Jabs this year. I told myself I'll watch 10 games total, and I said to myself, three of those games will be in person. I ended up watching basically, I would say, probably 60% of the Jazz games. I, I think I watched probably around 45 to 57 Jazz games this year, and I went to the most Jazz games in person live uh, that I have in my entire life, including uh, the lovely Boston Celtics game with uh, Ethan Pierce when I <laughs> somehow, for some reason, wore my Jason Tatum jersey, but uh, by the end was yelling very hard for the Jazz to get the W because I am a it was a good game. Great game. Uh, a, a confusing and 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 strange bastard. But, You're such uh, a fair weather fan. I cannot <laughs> with you. But uh but man, uh this was honestly, I'll just say it. This has been my favorite jazz team of my lifetime. Like Donovan Mitchell was fun early on. I get that those were some fun teams, but this team, you know, it was just like very classic, like their old white sports writery perfect team, you know, like no really huge egos, no really huge drama. They just played hard. They played defense. They were gritty. They were great every night. And I think they have one of the best coaches in the NBA. I'm willing to call Will Hardy a top 10 NBA coach at this point. I think he's the no doubt slam dunk for coach of the year. Uh, I mean, I guess you can maybe talk about coach Budenholzer in uh Milwaukee but I don't know man I, f I feel like Will Hardy did a pretty good job this year and yeah I mean I it's gonna suck that they're not gonna have a top 10 pick that's gonna be you know kind of sucky when either they get 10 or like 12 you never know but, lottery but, balls man but hey man it was a fun season and it you know it was just a great time so, you know, I feel I feel pretty good about the Utah Jazz going into the offseason. I hope they, they have a bunch of picks. I think they're going to be aggressive. I'd be shocked if they use all those draft picks this year. I think we're going to see more trading. And yeah, man, it's just, you know, yeah, it's just really nice to have a team that didn't like hate each other all year long. Like, the last time that happened was, you know, such a pain and so just like dejecting to have to root for that. And the fact that that wasn't the case was nice. So, yeah, had had a great season as a Jazz fan, to be completely honest with you. Uh, could not have asked for anything better. Yeah. It was a fun season. I mean, I think you brought up an interesting point about coach of the year. And I think one that you absolutely can't sleep on is Mike Brown for the Kings. Cause as, as much as we talked about how much the Warriors, I think also have a favorable matchup with the Kings in the first round, they were far from anybody's expectations to come into the playoffs, let alone at as high of a seed as they are. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal job that they've done with a roster that you could say doesn't really have many if any stars uh I, I think that's a testament to their coaching and their system and and all those guys working together it's a very jazz-esque situation and i think it 
might be something that this jazz team could be in three or four years if they can develop this group that they've got but you definitely have to uh, recognize mike brown for turning that around in a big way yeah i think he's he's a runaway for coach of the year uh he's gonna win it maybe unanimously i think pretty much everybody's gonna vote for him the kings are just the best story in the league this year um i don't i don't think it's in question will hardy you know very deserving candidate in a different season he may have won it but mike brown is just clearly the best choice for me yeah no doubt no doubt you guys um I'm not gonna lie. I did like was a fan of the pieces before Brown got there, but I really think he was able to bring them together and make it all work. So I couldn't say it any better. Better Audrey. Yeah, let's just get into that. We we talked about Coach of the Year, but I wanted to hand out some regular season awards here. I fundamentally disagree with how the MVP is is given out. So I think uh, we'll start with MVP, and I just want. Very rapid fire for you guys to give me your top three, and then we'll we'll kind of keep an eye on those throughout the playoffs. But I, I I'm a firm believer of waiting until at least the second round to give out the MVP because I do think playoff performance does matter. Even though in real life it's a regular season award to me, I determine who the MVP is in my head around the second round of the playoffs. So we will start with you, Ethan. I mean, I think I'm going to say the three names that everybody's been talking about for the last however many months. It's Embiid, it's Giannis, and it's Jokic. Um, It seems like that's been the conversation every year for the last like three or four seasons, and and Jokic has won the last two. You know, Giannis had the two before that. Uh, A lot of people are talking about Embiid as kind of a pity MVP, wanting to give him one just because they feel like it's his time, even if he maybe didn't have the best season. I don't know. I just feel like this this is a year where... There's not a clear favorite. I don't really think any of those three guys are like, you know, this has to be the MVP or it would be a travesty. I think I'm just going to default to Giannis because he's the best player on the best team in the league. So that's my pick. Um, and, and you know, we'll see what happens after the first round. Like you said, I think that that can sway a lot of people, even if the votes are in, you know, they should be in before the playoffs start, but we'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. Aramis? Um, at the beginning of the podcast, at the beginning when I was running, reviewing my notes, I was jotting down Nikola Jokic as my MVP. Homeboy has just been steady for them. He's been able to keep them in the number one spot forever. It feels like they've been able to stay steady on top of the weirdest Western Conference we've seen in a long time. So um, I'm I'm just going to rock with him. I'm going to keep it simple, rock with him. Um. And you know what? Kendrick Perkins is going to vote for him, and I live my life by what that man says, so that can't go wrong. All right. And uh, finally, Audrey, anything different, or are we all pretty much in agreement with the top three here? Uh, First of all, I guess Aramis, carry on. Uh, Secondly, I I think so. I think it's, it's pretty consensus at this point. I think Giannis and the Bucks... And really, Jokic to an extent are suffering from success. I think they, uh, they, they've you know they both had rightful recent success with MVPs, and I think they, uh, I, I think both of them, I think all three could could take it home this year. So it's really a, it's really a toss up. I think we're very uh, blessed in the NBA to have so many uh, so many stars and so much parity at this point in the league. When only a couple of years ago that definitely wasn't the case. Yeah. Uh, it was it's a, was a fascinating year to check the MB to track the MVP. Jason Tatum 
I'd put him outside the top three right now, but he had a really good season too. And, you know, for Mavs, unfortunately, like they just fell apart down the stretch, but you really can't overlook what Luka Doncic did this year as well. Did it, did just a really tremendous job of, uh, of, putting up points and carrying his team when he had to. So those are two names that I might throw in there as as well. But I think I we're all pretty much in agreement with with Jokic and Bede and Giannis. A more interesting question I, I wanted to ask is rookie of the year. And I just wanted each of you to give me maybe your top three rookies that you were most impressed by this year. Because I think this year's rookie class was sneaky pretty good. I'll start with you, Audrey. That is a tough one. I think, uh, again, I think the Kings are overlooked here. Keegan Murray is uh, is pretty special. I think he's having one of the most efficient shooting seasons any rookie's ever had. I don't have the numbers pulled up for him, but he's pretty phenomenal. I mean, I think Bancaro is a given. Uh, you know, he's, he's put in a lot of work. I'm sure Aramis will agree with me there, but I don't know. I it's it, it's a it's a tough stretch this year, and I think they all bring different value to the table. I think Galen Williams for the Thunder is another really good pick, uh, and, and also underrated just because he's on the Thunder. Uh, but I really like what Keegan Murray's done. I think to be a rookie and be a starter and consistently contributing on what is a top three seed in the West is uh is pretty impressive, even if it's uh at the cost of I guess less points per game or less minutes maybe than some of the guys playing on uh, tanking rosters. Mm. Yeah, Audrey, I, I want to second that with Keegan Murray. He, uh, I don't have the stats either, but he did break Donovan Mitchell's three-point record for a rookie, and um, he's just been killing it all season, especially probably at the detriment to his own points. But, I mean, he's going to be rewarded with a three-seed in the Western Conference Finals and taking a team in Sacktown who hasn't been to the playoffs in decades. So that's what's up. Um, of course, you're right, Van Carroll. Shout out to the man, the legend, the god. Uh, our Lord and Savior down in Orlando. I mean, he he's been great with Franz and all of them, and they got a really good thing going on. But uh, hometown boy, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out um, is Walker Kessler. I like what he's been able to do for the Jazz and the role he's been able to play for them, um, making them a better team this year and helping them surpass what they should have been. Unfortunately, there we won't see him in the playoffs this year. But I really liked. I really like all three of those guys as far as rookie of the year goes. Am I the only one who would constantly forget that Walker Kessler is a rookie? I feel like he was just he he came in looking like a third, fourth year guy already, just with I guess size alone and skill. He was really impressive to me. I really like watching him play. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys shouted out the four candidates, I think, for the award. Um, I in my opinion, I think it probably will end up going to Ben Caro, and I think he does deserve it, just being the number one option on a team that was surprising. You know, the Magic, you know, they're not in the playoffs, but a lot of people thought they were going to be one of the worst, like three or four teams in the league, but they were competitive for pretty much the entire season, you know, had an outside chance to make the play in there at the end. And um, he was the number one option, you know, scoring efficiently showed off all these types of different ways that he can score. He can get to the line. He, you know, he's a good shooter. He's just super big, athletic. There's a reason he was the first overall pick, and he certainly made good on that. You know, we talked about Keegan Murray, Walker Kessler, and his defensive impact. Jazz don't even miss Gobert. I mean, they do, but you know what I mean? Like, he just slides right in there, and Jazz fans immediately latch on to uh, another awesome defensive center, and he's just been so impressive as a rookie. So, Jalen Williams, another guy who, you know, goes under the radar, but you know, playing a great role for a surprising OKC team, scoring efficiently, um, great passer, you know, 
just everything to love about him. So those are the candidates there. Okay, great. I think we covered a lot of the great young players in the league there, and uh, that's what I wanted to do with that segment. A few interesting questions here. Uh, in the regular season, the most disappointing season goes to, let's start with you, Aramis. There's a lot of wonderful uh, places to choose from, Eric. I'm not going to lie to you. We have the entirety of the Western Conference going fucking insane this year, playing as crazy as they've been doing. We have the wonderful Brooklyn Nets before the trade, but luckily after the trade, they've been able to save their shit. Um, we, and then, like, for my pick, your favorite player in the Western Conference, Eric, Luca and the Mavs take it home for me. That midseason trade, oh, boy, what a stinker. Now, I am the only one here. I'm on an island with Kyrie. I don't think he tanked the locker room value. I think them trading away Dorian Finney-Smith and Dinwiddie. I mean, Finney-Smith was probably the only other defender they had on their team and already on a team that needed that as far back as last year, the last few years with Luka, and they other guys. So they got the scoring, but they just don't got nobody to help the team stop anybody. So ah, that's it. Poor Mavs. Poor one out for the homies. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, I tweeted this out yesterday. Like, I, no matter how much people said it when that trade went down, that like the Kyrie Irving thing was just totally not going to work. The way it ended up happening was just like chef's kiss, just so perfect and so funny. And I'm heartbroken for Luka because I'm a Luka guy and I love Luka Doncic and I want to see him in the playoffs. But I mean, it was just the most reactionary Mark Cuban move Mark Cuban could make would be like, hey, I want another high scoring player. And then those two players get together. And I think I saw a crazy stat. Both of them only scored over 31 points on the same night together four times while they were playing in the span of, like, 20 games. Over the span of a season, that's, like, maybe 16 games where you're getting A games out of both of them on a night. And if that's what it takes to win, which it it did because they had no defense, then, like, uh, it's just crazy. It is crazy. And you just wonder, you know, Luca has his quotes today where he's like, I'm happy here, like, uh, but – you just wonder if someone comes calling or tampering this summer, like how long is Luca really going to want to remain a, a Dallas Maverick if they just continue to, you know, basically say we're not going to take the steps we need to build like a championship team. And now they have no draft capital and they will have to be very aggressive in free agency, you would imagine. So it's just, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a good candidate uh, for you, Audrey. Uh, yeah, I'd have to agree. It's the Mavs. And I think, um, I think, we, and someone touched on this as well, but I, I think it's really surprising to me that I don't think it was actually Kyrie that caused that whole collapse. I mean, I say what you will, lack of chemistry or just not enough depth around those two or bad coaching, bad, you know, playmaking and and whatever you want to say i was just pleasantly surprised i guess that it wasn't Kyrie that blew it up um and, and you're right we have had quotes from luca today you know i'm gonna i'm happy here i don't want to leave but 
you know, I, I remember a fellow named Kawhi Leonard saying some pretty similar kind of stuff back when he was a San Antonio Spurs. So I think uh, circumstances can change a lot. And, uh, you know, you can you can go on a lot of a lot of boats with a lot of uh, rich executives over the course of an entire summer. And things can change real fast, especially if there's an incentive to uh, start fresh and build around a different set of stars or even a different core that he can thrive better with. Because as of now, you're right. They don't have any draft capital. They dug themselves into a hole. You got Mark Cuban making weird statements. You got Jason Kidd accidentally admitting to tanking and they have to investigate tanking, which is so silly. But yeah, the Mavs, I think, just completely fell apart both on and off the court. And I'm just shocked it wasn't Kyrie Irving. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying, Luka Doncic, you'd just be a, an absolute Utah Jazz legend. Like, you know, if you're if you're if you're if you're interested, Matt, we can pair you together with the Finn Laurie Markinen and let's if just go. We're talking Luca destinations. I want him in Portland with Damian Lillard real bad. That that's my that's been my vote this whole time. I think that would be an awesome duo. Yeah, I got a second that. And Eric, why don't you calm down, okay? You just want to start up another beef with two Utah players, so you're gonna hate Luca after years of him taking you to the playoffs. Forget you, bro. Go on, move on. What's up, Ethan? All right, all right. Uh, Aaron, this is the host now. I will I will hop in here. Um, I don't think the most disappointing team can be anybody other than the Mavericks, but you guys have, have said everything about them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, pick up another team that uh, already just name dropped here, the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you know, they were up in the standings for uh, you know, and the early parts of the season, they were like the one of the two up there with the Jazz for earlier on. But uh, you know, for the Blazers, it's just another year, the same old, same old um Lillard is awesome he had maybe the best season of his career uh and they continue to fail to put pieces around him to make that team successful it's just you know Jeremy Grant's gonna I believe be a free agent this summer they made a couple of moves at the deadline that seemed like it was going to be okay they have Shaden Sharp and that's about it in terms of young guys that could end up being pretty good um you know they secured the fifth best lottery odds so maybe something happens this offseason but I don't know I just think they're continuing to to fail Damian Lillard and and just I don't know I just think they need to to fix that roster because the way that they have it right now is just not going to work yeah it, it certainly feels that way let's hit our next segment here today uh I wanted to talk maybe some all NBA teams I know that'll come out probably tomorrow right um but I want to do something a little bit different and do an all-NBA draft where there are three all-NBA teams usually. So we will draft the three teams. Obviously, they won't look the same because the players will look different as we'll each go through. Uh, the, uh, I'm going to team up with Audrey, but Audrey, you'll be the main GM, so you'll be making most of our picks. But if I have any input, I'll, I'll let you know. The order, and, and we won't change this up, we'll go... Audrey will go first, then Aramis, then Ethan. So just to start us out here, Audrey, who would you take with the first pick? And just to clarify the rules here, two guards and then three forward slash center. And that's about it. And then uh, at the end, we will make a pick for our uh, six mans as well. So Audrey, you, you are up first. Okay. The first pick. In the podcast draft, but a bum, but a bum, bum, bum. No, um, I think Embiid. I think I don't know why, but like of all the MVPs and all the everything, I think Joel Embiid stands out for me. 
Mm. He does it all. Yeah, he he certainly was impressive uh, over this last two week week stretch, and and that's really what people remember. Um, so so I think that's a solid pick. All right, Ethan, you're up next. Whoa, I thought you said I thought you said oh. Aramis had the oh, second. Oh, sorry, pick, bro. Aramis, you're, you're sorry. Aramis, sorry. You don't have my email. He's mad. I was talking about him being a jazz hater. Whatever, bro. I get it. Anyway, um, with the second pick, I'm gonna go with the guy everybody loves in the league. Um, Giannis at the Kumpo. Yeah, that's a solid pick. Had a really great year this year. And you know, as Audrey says, the the curse of being good, like we just don't even expect we we just expect this at this point. We expect greatness from from him and he, he ends up the year averaging 31 points per game uh rebounds almost 12 per game his assist numbers also up 5.7 assists per game and averaged almost a block per game this year which is pretty impressive for Giannis yeah that's that's a great pick all right Ethan you're up now all right, uh, that's tough. I wanted Giannis, man. You know, <laughs> that's tough. You snipe me. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I can pick anybody other than Jokic. They're top three MVP candidates for a reason. I think the, it's only right that these are the first guys off the board. So we'll go with Nikola Jokic, um, best team in the Western Conference. Obviously, won the last two MVPs, had another MVP caliber season. So, all right, Audrey, what's our next pick here? Uh, I've got a clarifying question Does KD count as a guard or forward? He would count as a forward. Forward, he should be side. forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. Mm, yep, yeah, I'm picking up Kevin Durant. Wow, a healthy okay. Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I guess I did not put injury stipulations on this. He does. That's he true. Just if, we, if we do injury stipulations, I think I might say Tatum. We, we can do a, a CBA. That's true. He would he wouldn't even be eligible. So true. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Tatum then if we're if we want to DQ KD. Yeah, we'll DQ KD for this. We all know that KD is good, but he just he. I don't know, man. Like, okay, let's have this conversation here really quickly. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that Kevin Durant is now an injury prone player. Like, oh yeah. He's been the like, case for a long time, but I feel like it's more so now. I don't know. I feel like he missed. Well, like... he's the dude's like thirty five, man. It happens, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like him yeah. and Steph and LeBron. Like when they're healthy, they're awesome, but they're not going to play above sixty games in a season. You know what yeah. I mean? Sixty five, whatever. Yeah. I and I guess as a LeBron hater, I guess that's the impressive part about LeBron, right? Is like. Other than this year, like he doesn't usually miss this much time with injuries, so you know, I, I, I that that's an impressive other time remains undefeated, mm-hmm. but it is nice to see Eric bow down at the feet of the crown, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, all right, we'll, we'll get to that later. Aramis, you're up. <laughs> so, my turn. Oh man, Tatum's guard. I don't, I want to pick a guard that's probably gonna blow up for. Being him being on the first team, or should I just be rational? I need. What do y'all think? Rational Press the De'Aaron Fox button. Press somebody it. who just eh, probably second team or third. Thank you very right. much. That's exactly who I was going to pick. Thank God, De'Aaron Fox leading the Kings over to the third. 
uh, to the third spot in the Western Conference. First player uh, de- uh, since like a decade of them being in there, a bit of uh, the Kings being in the playoffs. They finally made it after such a long hardship, heartbreak. Poor DeMarcus Cousins just could never break through. And now uh, the guy they picked up to help rebuild their franchise all the times ago, all them years ago with De'Aaron Fox has been able to like do his thing. Uh, I'm just I'm going with him, man. I got number love for him. I'm glad it worked out because I was a little sweating with the Tyrese Halliburton trade. I've been a fan of De'Aaron Fox for a long time, but here he is, first, first, uh, first, first team. Sorry, I'm rambling. Y'all go ahead, De'Aaron Fox. All right, Ethan. I was hoping he would fall to me. Give me my man, Wardell Stephen Curry. Wow. Okay, Steph Curry makes this list. I feel like there were a lot of really good guards this year. There were. I I I I obviously cannot argue that Steph Curry was not a top six guard in the NBA this year. But I feel like it'll be interesting in real life to see where he comes down on this all NBA thing. I think he's got enough of a legacy and a name that he'll probably make it, but I don't know. Was he I, one of the three? I bet he'll either be first or second team. There, yeah. there was a lot of good guards, but a lot of guys missed time. I mean, including Steph himself, but just, you know, everybody missed a lot of games. So, yeah, that's I, true. I, I mean, that's a good pick. I'm just, you know, why am I shocked? Why am I not shocked that he went so early? All right. Uh, Audrey, can I, can I make our pick here? Please. Uh, s- since we've got two forwards, I, I'm. I, I'm doing it here. I mean, you know, Aramis took the Aaron Fox first, but I think the no doubt all NBA guy for me is Shea Gilgis Alexander. Just an absolutely dominant year from SGA from start to finish, basically averaged 30 points a night, had some nights where he was putting up 40 consistently back in like January and February. Like he was just crazy good. And I think we are all about to potentially see the SGA show in prime time for about two times. Cause I, I really do think out of a Western conference, I like them the best to win the play in tournament and get in as, as an eight seed. I think they are an extremely talented team with Thunder. And I think that they're, they're led by a, a top. Uh, where, where is SGA in, in the tiers of the NBA right now, is he like a top 10 NBA player at this point? I feel like he's got to be close at this point. I think to be top 10, you need more, you need more time and more games and a larger sample size. I think with what he's done by now, you could absolutely make that case, but it's not quite time yet. I think for that status. And I think there's uh there, there's 10 guys you could probably argue in front of him. I would, I would say, or at least I would think for, uh for top 10, as far as that goes. All right, Aramis. Oh man, who do I want to pick up now? I mean, um, I'm gonna go with him. He hasn't. I mean, the season really went out in flames, unfortunately for the guy. But um, while he was playing great, he was playing great. So I'm gonna go with Luka Doncic. Yeah, hard not to go with with Luka Bear. Very very good guard and uh, you know a solid player who just. Just shows you, and basketball's a team sport. You know, you can't <laughs> two of the most explosive players in the world together 
out there and say, okay, go win games because that doesn't always happen as we learned this year. All right, Ethan. All right. I'm going to complete my backcourt here. Um, Go with a guy that really uh, changed my opinion on him this year um, in a new situation. Give me Donovan Mitchell of the Cleveland Cavaliers had a great, great year um, for a Cavs team that I think can make some noise in the playoffs. Um, I I just think, you know, we've talked about it before on this show, but I I just think he's improved so much since he's been with the jazz. Uh, In my opinion, it was the best season of his career this year. So really good. Yeah. To me, there's really no doubt about it. Uh, He was so good this year. And honestly, I I would have mentioned him in our MVP discussion, but he just missed a lot of games this year. Like he was hurt or rested or whatever, a lot of games. Like he he only played sixty eight games this year, which I know I know that's a lot compared to some of the the players around him on the list. But like it 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 did feel like there were some nights where it wasn't. And I, I also think he just plays on a really good team that played really good team basketball, so he wasn't carrying their scoring every night. But definitely, whenever the Cavs needed a win this year, Donovan Mitchell just kind of took over, and, and it was over. And I think it'll be super fascinating to watch the Cavs in the playoffs. They're one of the teams I'm most excited to watch in the postseason just because I want to see how Donovan Mitchell handles it, and I, I want to see what it looks like. Because – you know, jazz fans love to say like he doesn't play defense, whatever. He did like down the stretch even. He he did start defending better. And uh, you know, even according to his own interviews, like this is the best and most he's ever tried defensively. I'm interested to see what that looks like in the playoffs, and I'm interested to see if Donovan Mitchell can, you know, continue to make a name for himself here in, in the playoffs this year. So I think that's a really good pick. I I definitely would have had him on the All-NBA team as well. All right, to give us a little bit of a status with two picks left of where we're at position-wise, Audrey, we have two forwards slash centers and one guard. Uh, Aramis, you've got two guards and one forward. Ethan, you've got two guards and one forward. So Hmm. we will go with you, Audrey. Who are we taking with our next pick here? Our next pick is going to be a guard, and it's going to be Devin Booker. Yeah. I think okay. an undeniable great season. Uh, Suns bias as well, but I, I think he's had a phenomenal year and has uh, has played with, due to injuries, played with a whole different series of teams. Between injuries and the big trade, he's played with about two teams worth of guys this year, and he finds a way to make it work with all of them and keep them afloat, even through a time where you know maybe four of the five starters were injured. I think big props to Devin Booker. I think he's undeniable first team All NBA. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I'm not. Am I just blind? I'm not seeing him here on like. I'm just going through. You know, I'm a casual. I'm just going through here with like points per game. I don't see Devin Booker in the top twenty. That can't be right. He's he's at twenty seven point eight. Um, per basketball reference, I don't know about the leaderboards, but oh, okay, great year from him, regardless. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I honestly, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot of Suns basketball this year, so that's you know, that's prob- prob- probably part of it. 
Well, that's a shame. And I think as far as points per game goes too, I think it's uh, when you're on a team with that many stars on it, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think he's a phenomenal scorer, but this year he really took a step up in playmaking and assisting. And uh, his defense has gotten a lot better these last two years. So I think he's definitely a first team for me. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. All right, Aramis, I believe you're up next here. Man, Audrey, talk about sniping picks. He took my. I was gonna pick him. See, I was wondering if you, if that sound was you disagreeing or agreeing with the pick. I'm glad to hear that I uh, that we're on the same track. Almost definitely, he's been phenomenal. But I'm gonna go with another young phenomenal player, actually leading a team I hate with a passion into the playoffs, and that's Anthony Edwards for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's been the star for them, and he's been able to help lead. Uh, a strange team turning out to be a dysfunctional team right now to the playoffs, and hopefully he'll be able they'll be able to fight and break into the play in them, and don't have a too bad of a showing in the playoffs. But yeah, I'm I'm just gonna go with Anthony Edwards. I can't say enough good things about the man. Okay, Ethan. All right. Um, I am surprised that he is still here this late in the draft, but. Uh... Give me Aramis's uh, favorite king, LeBron James. Um, so, you know, interesting year for the Lakers. They, uh, you know, started off the season horribly, but fought their way back to to grab that seven seed. You know, pending the results of the play-in tournament. But uh, LeBron, you know, missed some time, but when he was out there, good as ever. So, all right, final picks here. Audrey, I'm gonna I'm not gonna make this pick here, but I want a conference with you. So let's just have a sidebar here. We need a forward here. I have kind of an off the beaten path guy, but I just wonder what you think about Brandon yeah. Ingram. I think he might also fall into the has he play enough games trap. Uh and uh, I'm gonna have to look this up right here, but I don't know. I he, he I think... played less games than KD, so okay. If well, not as KD, answer. throw him out too. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. So I think right. yeah, I think he's a I think he's a phenomenal player, and I really like Ingram, and I think he's super underrated. But yeah, probably not. Unfortunately, I okay. like where your head's at though. You got any other ideas? Uh no. I I I we are current. We currently need like another forward, uh, type player. Um. Have we? Yeah. Are we? Where Where do we put Mikael Bridges as far as positions go? Where do we slot him at? He should uh, be a forward. Yeah, he'd be a forward. That might be yeah, my vote for our squad. The, then the the other one that stands out to me, uh, especially down the stretch, I, I do think Jaron Jackson Jr. deserves a look, just a look. I think yeah. he's a lock for second team. I don't know if he's first team material. At least maybe I just haven't seen enough Grizzlies, or I'm too biased against them because Dylan Brooks. Makes my blood boil, but uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. So our pick's gonna be. Is the final say? Do I get the final say? Yeah. Mikhail Bridges, you're a first team All NBA player. Wow. Yeah, he was playing okay. phenomenal in Phoenix. Uh, I think he's taken a massive step up in Brooklyn, especially with the circumstances surrounding all that. He has played 83 games of basketball this season. He has never missed a game in his career. And due to the trade, ended up playing more, obviously more than the the usual amount of games. And it still made a massive jump in scoring, output, just about every stat. He gets better and better every year. Uh, I, I think he's, I think he definitely deserves that look. Okay. 
Aramis, your final pick here. Do I got a guard or a forward left? It's a guard, right? You have a no, a forward left because you got because you have Giannis, De'Aaron Fox, Luca, and Anthony Edwards. Oh yeah, my man Luca. I forgot. I forgot. Okay. Um, just a quick rundown. Has have we picked Nikola Jokic yet? Has he been picked up yet? Yeah, 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 we got him. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, I was worried for a second. Who? <laughs> oh man. Who do I wanna pick, man? I don't got no I don't got no bigs. I don't got no real rim protection, no no size down low. Um got a couple ideas. Um Kyle Kuzma's been great for the Wizards. Um <laughs> he's been pretty lit. Um Uzma. Uzma. <laughs> um, we got him. Uzma. I mean, look, go Utes, but god damn. Yeah, I will say this was a career year for Kyle Kuzma. He's had a good season. He's oh, not on NBA. Um, oh man. Jalen Green's been nice this season. Oh, oh yeah, okay. We're we're in the depths now. We're working backwards. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm really leaning towards Dylan Brooks if we're being honest with ourselves oh this year. Oh my god! All right, all right. <laughs> let, let, let me nah, feed you a I'm couple right, names. No, I'm right. Right. Randall, right. Demontis Sabonis, no, 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 Dylan no, no. I'm just I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. I'm just trolling. <laughs> I'm, running, I'm rocking with I'm rocking with Jaron Jackson. I'm rocking with Jaron Jackson. I like all what right, he's been right. doing on defense, and I like that he's been able to take care of the hold down the fort while Jaws been out. And you know, I like that. I, I, they're annoying, but I like the Grizzlies team, so I'm rocking with Jaron Jackson. Show him some love. All right, Ethan, your final pick. All right. Um, if I had another guard slot, which I don't, I want to give some apologies to Drew Holiday because I just think he's so underrated, and I wanted to pick him, but I use my guards up. Um, so with that in mind, I will go double big, double European big. Give me Demontis Sabonis to put next to Jokic, and a we will run a pass-heavy motion offense. Um, great year. We talked about the Kings. They've been surprising. They've been fun. Um, Sabonis has had a great season, so that is my last pick. All right, Ethan, I'm going to give you a gift. We'll do a snake draft for the sixth man, so you can take your man Drew Holiday right here. Who's Let's go. Give man? me Drew. Give me Drew. Okay. Oh, so right, I get to go is. on a rant again about all the other terrible players that I'm thinking about picking? Okay, hold up. Let me think. <laughs> who else? My goodness. Who's the guy who only shoots free throws with one hand? Shout out to the man in San Antonio. Sohan. Sohan. Yeah, Sohan. Yeah, Sohan. Now for, I'm going with um, Emmanuel quickly for the for this. I think he's going to win oh, the actual yeah. six-man-of-the-year award. And he just – he that New York team, man, I, there's teams I hate, and they're one of them, but – like not not because the players, but because the franchise is so inept too. But anyways, another rant for another day. Shout out to him and what they've been able to cook up in New York with quickly Brunson and Julius Randle um coming back from the depths of Nick's hatred. So shout out to them, Emmanuel Quickly, my man. All right. And Audrey, who's our who's our sixth man? I am between Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler. What do you think? Uh Watched way more Celtics this year, and and I am a closet Celtics fan. So yeah, Jalen Brown. I mean, you're it's you're quite literally that, wearing it on your sleeve with that uh Tatum jersey, but okay, you can, it, it, you can keep lying to yourself. A, it's unfortunate that uh he's gonna leave because Boston fans are largely racist. 
It's uh, only natural that you're attracted to be a Celtics fan because they're just natural born haters. Those fans will just they'll hate on whatever. They're, they're like Philly fans or Nick fans. Like it just makes sense that you like you have to have one of those like god awful fan bases in your in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Celtics Twitter is sometimes a little bit of a fun place, also sometimes a deeply twisted place. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's all about appeasing the sickos and i went to boston last year over new year's and went to a sun's game in boston and then went to the bars afterwards and oh my god the the, some of the things i heard i learned a lot of new words that night in boston yeah Ah, but you gotta love it great (laughs) uh all right here's how our teams came out and then we'll move on hit the play and preview and then just a few uh thoughts on the first round preview and then i'll let you guys get out of here uh, we will, if you guys are down, I think we talked about this offline, but I'll just announce it here. We are planning on throughout the, at least the first two rounds of a playoffs doing this every Sunday. So we'll, we'll talk, we'll set up after the games are done Sunday night next week and talk about the first two games that we've seen. Not all the series will be underway, of course, but hopefully we'll have a little bit to talk about um, next Sunday as well and then we'll just do that until the first two rounds are in the book and then we'll think about the schedule from there to uh the finals all right so here are the teams that we came up with audrey's team joel Embiid, jason tatum shea gilgis alexander devin booker mikhail bridges with a six man of jalen brown aramis's team Giannis, De'Aaron fox luka Doncic. Anthony Edwards, Jaron Jackson Jr., and the sixth man, Emmanuel Quickly, and Ethan's Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, DeMontis Sabonis, and sixth man, Drew Holiday. I will say, just reading those out loud, I might put up a Twitter poll tomorrow with with some of that. Uh, Ethan got the last pick, but by far, I think Ethan won this draft. Like, this, if I had to pick a, a, a real team to go up against, like, I would not want to see Ethan's team. That is just a pretty loaded team. So, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think this exercise went well. All right, let's talk about the playing. So it is set in the West Coast. We'll have uh, the ten seed Oklahoma City Thunder playing the nine seed New Orleans Pelicans. The seven and eight seeds are currently uh, the Lakers at the seven seed. The Timberwolves at the eight seed in the East. At the 9 and 10 is Toronto and Chicago. And in uh, the 7-8 matchup, the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. Let's start with just the most fascinating story of the day, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, who are just an absolute dumpster fire right now after Kyle Anderson, I believe it was, uh, basically told Rudy Gobert to block some shots. And... Rudy Gobert was like, yo, you need to help too. And then Kyle Anderson apparently said, shut the fuck up, bitch. And uh, Rudy Gobert probably punched him. So, he said, how uh, about you block these hands? But it was in French. Yeah. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. Oui, oui. He said, I do this in solidarity with the French protesters. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's not going well. I mean... I I will and always will be, you know, a Rudy Gobert for as much as I know his downsides. I will always be a Rudy Gobert apologist and defender. Uh, you know, 
maybe Kyle Anderson shouldn't have like told a <laughs> seven foot five like w- dude with hella wingspan and who was deeply jacked to shut okay. the fuck up from across. I just, I just like, deeply jacked. One of those like, players. You gotta know which one did they send? Eric, it wasn't Eric, Kyle Eric, Anderson. First, please, I just will need to get this off. Maybe um, if he would have backpedaled away from uh defender. All year, like he backpedaled away from Kyle Anderson after that weak ass punch, he'd have been a much bigger, better asset for the Timberwolves this season in playing. But you know what? Oh well, say la vie, say whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly not a great look for Rudy, who is. uh, I'll just say this: Rudy Gobert has made some questionable decisions. Yes. Touching all the mics right before COVID, not a great look. Maybe giving Donovan Mitchell COVID, not a great look. Also, punching your teammate, not a great look. But I will just tell my favorite Brie Gobert story of all time. I was a part-time employee in Vivint Arena. It shut down for COVID. Rudy Gobert personally paid me $500. So... I'm sorry. I'm I'm not gonna be impartial here. That dude hooked me up. Like, I, it's Rudy Gobert for life for me. And like Cal Anderson, maybe he should just shut the fuck up, bitch. Like, oh keep his mouth God. shut and 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 maybe catch his hands sometimes. Kyle Anderson didn't pay you five hundred dollars. What do you give a fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, we get to get personal stories about how you feel about these players. Holy shit. Well, that's just you know. Rukabev did good things for a lot of people and is a good person. And if occasionally he has to throw hands to keep his, you know, bratty little teammates in line, like sometimes you gotta do what you Okay, gotta do. here we go. I just gotta throw my bratty Warriors two cents in here. Did anybody see Draymond Green's tweet today? <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. where he made the, yeah, love, in front of the, the insecurity yep. is always loud because that's what Gobert tweeted mm-hmm. back when Draymond punched pool mm-hmm. at the start of the year. It all comes full circle, baby. <laughs> but all I'll say, all I'll say is that if Rudy Gobert is not a locker room cancer, he's certainly a locker room coronavirus. And I don't know if he's uh if he's been a net positive for the Timberwolves, especially when you consider how much they gave up. Yeah. yeah. You know, honestly, the best career arc for Rudy Gobert at this point is for him to, like, play out this time on the Timberwolves. And then right when the Jazz are getting good, just come back to Utah on a really team-friendly deal, you know, and just be a backup defensive center. Like, that's Do just... Jazz fans want that? I don't know. Maybe. I'd like yeah, it. They got love yeah, for him Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best Too bad it was still. Donovan Mitchell's fault that they broke up. Not Rudy Gobert's crazy ass. Why don't we move on? Move on to you with your shenanigans. I'd also Lakers, want $500. Lakers, Lakers, well, let's talk about Lakers the game. The let's talk about the game. Lakers, Lakers in the blow. Two goal win. Drop 40 out of there. Yeah, I think Lakers got the easiest path, uh, especially if the Timberwolves decide to suspend Rudy. Uh, I think they just get to coast right through here. Especially after the guy who was going to defend LeBron uh, punched a wall and broke his hand. So, <laughs> Yikes. He Blake Griffin himself. Yep. Dirk yeah. Nowitzki. Left well, a hole I, in the uh, Brooklyn Arena wall. I have to now admit this on the podcast because I did admit this in private to Aramis on a phone call earlier this week. I am getting slightly worried that LeBron James might win an NBA title this year. Like, I'm getting slightly no. worried that that's something I may have to, like, experience and go through. Nah. Like, they get, they get second-rounded by Golden State, bro. I'm sort of getting worried about that because, like, the Lakers are like 
pretty undoubtedly a good team right now. And I agree with all of you. I think they have the easiest path in the play-in for sure. And I think they'll take care of Minnesota. On the other side, I do think it's a really interesting battle between Brandon Ingram and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander, like if you listen to him talk and just the way he presents, like this is a huge game for him. Like this is like the moment where you say, okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder are not playing around anymore. Like we have arrived and, oh, we're probably getting Chet Holmgren back. And he might play in that game, to be honest with you. It sounds like he's progressing pretty well right now. I really no, do no think chance that... they bring him back for a one game plan. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. I, I just, you know, the pictures have been going around. You know, he's Chet Swogren Squ- now, you know, he, like he's. I don't know about all that. I think your definition of jacked is very warped. If you're if you're adding Chet Holmgren and Rudy Gobert to that list, you know, it's a low Chet, bar, or at least a bar without up, very much weight on it. He got a little bit bigger. You can definitely tell he's been spending time in the gym. But I I just really think that this playing tournament, the biggest story once we get out of it is going to be that the Thunder are a fun young team, but you probably don't want to see if you're the Nuggets and. Yeah, I, I, I really do think that we come out of this with pretty high expectations for the Thunder. Do I think they'll beat the Nuggets? No, but I don't think the Nuggets are going to be this uh, a one seed that just sweeps their competition. I think they're going to have to fight a little bit in the first round. I agree with that. So, you know, I, I think yeah. that's anything else on the Western Conference for me, guys? I mean, I the Pelicans, I, I've seen 82 games of the Pelicans, and I still can't figure them out. Um, with yeah. no Zion, like, sometimes they look fine, and sometimes they look like the worst basketball team in the league. Um, you know, I, OKC's been surprising, and I agree with you. I think they have a really good chance to win that game and, and you know, potentially see Minnesota uh, to earn that eight seed. I don't know, but... Yeah, that that nine ten matchup is certainly going to be interesting. That's the one out of all the matchups, east or west. That's the one I have the hardest time calling. I think. Hmm. Yeah, uh, the Eastern Conference. Oh my God! I just, <laughs> I I I've I this was another thing I think I've said on this podcast, but like, this is just my least favorite time of the year because. Trey Young is about to take over and for about three games be absolutely unbelievable and talk so much shit and, you know, brag around and be super annoying and become a villain. It's my least favorite time of year, but I get the NBA needs this as a brand. But I I, I really do think the the Heat are going to lose that game. I, I do. I think Quinn Snyder's a great coach. I think Trey Young is playing really, really well right now. And I think Trey Young in the playoffs is just a different player than in the regular season. And I think his passion and the way he plays the game really shine through in the postseason. And uh, I, I think the Hawks are my favorite to to get in it as that seven seed. And man, with the way Boston played down the stretch, I don't know. Like, I, I think Boston still wins that series, but it wouldn't shock me if it went six or seven games. It, it feels like the Hawks are uh a really good postseason team and they added Quinn Snyder who is a pretty good coach so yeah I, I think that's how I feel about the playing game 
Meanwhile, I'd kind of like to see in the other game, I'd kind of like to see Toronto get in, but either one of those teams is basically going to get swept by the Bucks, so it doesn't really matter. So, but Agreed. those were my thought. That's but that's my casual uh, on the Eastern Conference. Man, you Am know, I missing anything here? Man, uh, you make a great point with Trey Young being a really dude who's going to show up in the playoffs. Of only the Heat had a guy who did the same thing for them that whenever the playoffs rolled around, they just started kicking people's asses. You're like, oh, man. Now we're talking. We are not, I completely disagree with you with that. I think Trey Young and the Hawks are going to go ahead and greet Giannis and the Bucks with a nice little play, with a nice little game as the eighth seed um, after they beat the Raptors in that, uh, in that uh, after they, in the, you know, the eight and nine, eight, ten matchup or whatever, the second great game or whatever. And then um, the Heat are going to give the Celtics a little bit of problem. I know They've sucked all season. They definitely were a contender for like team that's regressed the most from me in the in the free free show sheet and whatnot. They went from the one seed to the to being in the playing now, but I don't. They're not fun to play in play against in the playoffs, man. They've never been fun to play against in the playoffs, and I think they're going to continue that uh, on, especially now that they got a thirty point per game score in Udonis Haslam with them rocking with them now. So they're going to be tough to get out, man. So. That's gonna rock. The Hawks are gonna be competitive against the Bucks to me, but the Bucks are gonna take care of business all the way probably to the NBA championship this season. Yeah, I mean that that Heat Hawks game, I mean, that was a matchup that we had uh in the first round last year, and and the Heat gave Trey Young trouble. Uh they they, you know, more than a lot of other teams have personnel that can kind of get into him and play physical with him and you know make life hard for him. I'm not saying he's not gonna have a good game, but you know, I, I'm interested to see how this goes. And, you know, you talked about it. Jimmy Butler, he is Mr. April, man. That dude levels up his game every single time we get into the postseason. Um, we saw it in the bubble. You know, we saw it last year. And if they do win that game, you know, they could absolutely give Boston some problems. Uh, that was uh, that was the conference finals last year, was it not? Or, or maybe the second round? Um, no, yeah, conference finals. No, conference. Yeah, yeah. conference finals. And, yeah. and, and the Heat almost beat them. I know that it's a different year. It's a different team. But. Anything can happen, so I, I like the Heat heading into postseason. All right, let's talk about some of the first round matchups that are set up right now, and just give some very basic predictions, and then we can kind of get out of here of things that we're looking at here. Uh, let's start in the Eastern Conference. To me, I think uh, you know, looking at all these series. But one I'm most excited to watch is Cleveland, New York. I haven't watched a ton of the Knicks this year, but when I do watch them, they always play well. Jalen Brunson, we saw last year he can be a playoff performer. The Cavs look like a team that could take it all the way to the NBA Finals if things broke right for them. I think these are two very good teams that the winner's going to give milwaukee's you know some trouble but man i i i just really like this series and i'm interested to see what donovan mitchell does because donovan mitchell but one thing about him is outside of really last year every year in the playoffs he improved as a utah jazz player and i think in a new situation in a place where he's happy right now I am kind of scared to see what he does because people forget like he was putting up 50 in the bubble and like he he could definitely do that to this New York team. 
and uh, I'm just really excited to see what ends up happening in this series. I think my favorite matchup to watch would have been Sixers Nets if Ben Simmons didn't just completely shut down and become a non-functioning basketball player. I think it'd be awesome to see him go up against Embiid like that. Um, but now, I don't know. I love Mikael Bridges. I love Cam Johnson, but I don't know if that's going to be much of a challenge. So I think I'd have to agree that Cavs-Knicks is my favorite East Coast uh, series. I think the West Coast first round's a lot more interesting just because it's obviously a lot tighter of a race over there. I don't know. What do we think about the first rounds as far yeah. as that goes? I mean, I, I was going to agree with Eric on, on Cavs-Knicks being you know, definitely the most you know exciting potential series in the East. I really like Cleveland. I think that you know, honestly, I think they might win in like five or six. Uh, the Knicks, I don't know. I just can't decide if I trust them or not in the playoffs. Julius Randle, the last time we saw him, didn't have a good series uh, two years ago in that series against Atlanta. Um, they have Jalen Brunson now. So, you know, he he's a guy that leveled up his playoff performance last year. So we'll see. Uh, but that's definitely going to be a, a good and fun series. And and I'm with you on the Sixers-Nets one. I, I wish Ben Simmons was playing just for the vitriol that we would see, but... Um, I think Philly should be able to handle them pretty easily. I mean, guys, you're good. don't worry. We'll see Ben next season once his back is fixed. It's okay. He's definitely going to go back to being a baller that he's been all year, so forget about that. Uh, but, no, I echo, I echo what all y'all say. Um, Nick's Cavs is going to be an amazing series, and I, I'm a Mitchell fan, so I think he's going to really level up and do a great job. And that matchup, man, Mitchell and Brunson is going to be a lot of fun. And then as far as – um. I don't got nothing to say about the 76ers Nets. They're going to they're going to probably try to win by 25 his own number in Philadelphia every game out of pure spite if they can. And then um I don't know what what do y'all think about the Western matchups? Uh it's quick question for y'all. If Paul George is done for the season, yeah, he's not going to be back in these playoffs. He may come back. I mean, if they get to the second round, I think he definitely will. Um he probably will miss at least the first couple of games of this series you may see him for like game four, game five, potentially, but if knows? he's out for the series, do they have a, do, do they beat the Suns? Do we think? Oh, I don't think no, so. Honestly, that, that was my, sorry. That was my only caveat with that. If Paul George was going to be in the Suns series, it, I think that might've been a lot of fun to see him in the possible defensive matches, but him not being there and with the, uh, wonderful way the Clippers have been for a long time. Um, I just don't see them beating your sons, Audrey. Yeah, no chance. I no think sons, maybe. that's the kind of series where, like, game one's kind of tight and tentative. But I could see game two. Like, after, these, after the Suns' new core gets, like, two games under their belt, basically, I could see them just rolling through the first round. I... I I think the Clippers are such a highly overrated team. And I think even with Paul George, they weren't going to make it super far. I mean, credit them. The Russell Westbrook trade or signing or whatever did actually kind of work out for them. But in the playoffs, nah, no way. I I, I think uh, I'm pretty confident that the Suns are going to completely roll. Finally, I'll ask you this, Ethan. How nervous are you for the Sacramento Kings? Because I, I know the very popular pick will be, okay, Sacramento's young, Golden State's got all this experience, Golden State's probably going to win in five or six. Whenever that happens, I get a little bit nervous. 
but I'm also not going to bet against Steph Curry and Klay Thompson against a bunch of guys that have never been in the playoffs before. So that's an interesting series to me, and one that if the Warriors continue to struggle on the road, like I could definitely see that being a factor in this going like maybe seven games, but like eventually they're going to get it together and win a road game and probably win a game seven. Like I, I, I feel pretty confident about the Warriors in the first round. It's, I mean, it's interesting. You kind of checked all the boxes there of like the potential angles for this series. The Warriors have struggled on the road all year, but you know, there's a stat that under Steve Kerr, um, they have won a road game in every series that they've played um, in the Western conference playoffs or, and including the finals as well. They've, they've won a road game every single series. So I don't know what to make of the road struggles this year. Maybe they shake it off and it doesn't even matter come the playoffs. I mean, the first two games of this series are going to be in Sacramento. So I'd like to see how they look. If they can grab one of those two, I'm going to be feeling really good heading home. Um, I'll I'll tell you this in terms of how comfortable I'm feeling. I feel much more comfortable against the Kings than I would against the Suns or the Grizzlies, um, which are the other two potential matchups the Warriors could have had. So um, I I think, you know, they're happy to have the Kings there. and, And we talked about this at the top of the podcast, but this is the team with the most experience versus the team with the least experience. Um, and, and the Warriors, you said it, Eric, it, it's going to be really tough to bet against Steph, Clay, and Draymond, um, in a series like this. So I, I, I am feeling pretty good. Um, like I said, I want to see how they look in the first two games at, at Sacramento, but, uh, if they come out of that relatively, okay, I think we should be cruising to a, to a five or a six game series. And with that, I think we, we took care of most of the set up series it does feel like outside of that cleveland new york series things could be pretty chalky i i will just ask this i think the two seeds are vulnerable in both conferences let's just assume the grizzlies run into the lakers and let's just assume the heat run into the celtics do either one of those seven seeds end up getting out of the first round? For L.A., I could kind of see it, but I'm just going to throw this take out here. The jaw suspension, I I don't know. For jaw, obviously, wasn't a great look, but I think it was the best possible thing that could have happened to the Memphis Grizzlies because when he went out, they started taking basketball a lot more seriously they started defending better they started to figure out how to make the offense work without Steven Adams and then Jaw came back and he came in and acclimated himself slowly and Jaron Jackson has kind of been the alpha and the star over the past few months I don't know I feel like the Grizzlies are in a much better place now than they were in February and I just feel much more confident in the Grizzlies uh, than I did a month and a half ago. I have to disagree with that. And and it, and it rests on the fact that they're going to be missing Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, uh, two huge role players for them. I mean, the, the numbers for Steven Adams, he just like fixes a lot of what they do. He's the veteran. He's a steadying voice. Um, and, and I think they're really going to miss him. You know, I think that's an underrated big, big loss. Um, maybe not particularly in this matchup. I mean, we'll see how Anthony Davis looks. He's going to have to deal with Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, that's going to be an interesting battle. 
But uh, I, you know, I am actually assuming the Lakers, you know, win that game against Minnesota. I would maybe lean towards picking LA in that series. Cause I just don't think it's the Grizzlies year, um, but we'll see what happens. Wow. We got, we're going to have a lot of disagreement back and forth with this. Cause I'm, I'm leaning more towards Eric's side. I think I, I, w- I don't want to say John, piecing out was the reason they were able to get their shit together, but I think they rally. I think that team, being as young as they are and being in as many beasts and controversies as they've been in, have found a really good way to rally around each other and level up when their guys have been out, when injuries have happened, and keep the winning up. Like you said, Jaron Jackson has been showing up and showing out for these teams. I mean, I, I like their I like their chances against the Lakers. That's all that's all I gotta say about that. I think they're I think they'll surprise people in this playoffs. Audrey, you're the last voice. What's up? What you think about this one? I think you're right. I think uh I don't know. I, I really don't think the Lakers are uh are as much of a sleeper as others seem to. I don't think they're making it very far. Certainly not out of the first round. Uh I think Eric's fears of a LeBron James championship are largely unfounded. But LeBron is LeBron, uh, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think they have what it takes to make it through this ridiculous Western Conference field, especially uh, considering that they haven't as- responded to adversity well or at the very least been super slow to adjust, and I don't think a seven-game series is enough time for the Lakers to get their shit together if they get outmatched. All right. I guess I'm on an island here, but uh, I-, I am excited to see that series play out. I hope that the Lakers win that game because I do want to see that matchup. I think it'll be really fun and and probably very toxic on Twitter, which I'm all here for. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Any fears? Uh, any fears with the Celtics? I have some fears that they might not make it out of the second round, but I, I feel pretty confident that they're they're gonna take care of business in the first round. If you want me to be fully uh, transparent, I that's my favorite team to be upset this like just because they're going up against Heat. Pure bias, nothing basketball related, nothing like logically related. I just don't want to see Jimmy Butler in the playoffs, and I think he, I think that team specifically, if they are going to go up against the Celtics, I think revenge will play a nice little factor in trying to get their get back as hard as they can, especially since they got a lot of reasons to play for. They got Udonis Haslam last season. Celtics were um were a Jimmy Butler three away. They were a Jimmy Butler three away last year from making the finals, and I think they got some shit to prove. So I think they're going to try to go all out against the Celtics, man. That's going to be a fun series. All right. Any final thoughts on the first round of a playoff that we didn't get off, that we didn't cover, or are, are we good to go? Go Suns. Um, Bucks will sweep whoever they play. And um, Denver will go to six with whoever they play. Yeah, I, I feel pretty much the same way about that. If we all had to pick a final four and a NBA champion right now, who would we be picking? Let's just go around once and then let's head out. Aramis? Oh, man. I've been talking all this about this team. Um, Bucks uh, on the Eastern Conference. I got the Bucks Heat Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, and the Western Conference. Let's go ahead and have let's go ahead and have Warriors Nuggets, and I think the Bucks beat the Warriors for an NBA in the NBA Finals. Okay, Audrey. 
Uh, I think Eastern Conference Finals is Bucks Sixers, and in the West it's Suns Warriors. I think the Suns get it this time, and they go back to face the Bucks for a rematch. I too will take Bucks Sixers in the East. I think that makes sense as an Eastern Conference Finals in the West. I, I do. I really do think that. Memphis is going to be there. Uh, Memphis, and then I, I'd say probably Phoenix in the Western Conference Finals, and I'd take Phoenix there in a Suns-Bucks rematch, uh, but I think the Bucks win it pretty easily. I, I think the Bucks are the no-doubt best team in the NBA, and if they continue to play the way they, they did for most of this season, I think they, they should have a pretty good shot of winning the NBA title. Ethan? Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks, uh, in the Eastern finals as well. I've got them playing the Boston Celtics. I do not trust Philly in any way, shape or form. Um, I've got the Bucks heading back to the finals and then in the West, I will never pick against my beloved golden state warriors. I've got them going up against the Phoenix suns in the conference finals. I'll take warriors bucks in the finals golden state to repeat. Okay. All right. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate all of you. Just a sappy personal note on the record here. I appreciate you guys taking this adventure with me to do more NBA content this year. I think, you know, even though we don't get a ton of listeners, this has been a success in that. I've had fun and learned more about the NBA. And I hope that as long as we know each other and our friends, we can do this occasionally from time to time as NBA seasons roll on. So thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next Sunday. The End Zone Podcast will be out Monday night with our uh, quarterback draft preview. And until then, enjoy the playing game. We will see you next Sunday. Peace out.